0: Amen. Good morning, church. Morning. You know, it takes a little bit of crazy people to get a big mission of God done. <laughs> you know, we are always going to look crazy to the world, but that means we're doing something right. Yeah. Did you know, according to Romans 8, that you are declared more than conquerors in Christ Jesus? Yes. Just as God searched throughout the earth for man, like Jehu, like we talked about last week, His eyes look forward to those whose hearts are set ablaze to see the kingdom of God reign and power in this generation. Is that you? Yes. Yes. We stand here proud this morning to watch all you take forward movement and steps to accomplish this grand vision. Church, we want to say we are proud of you. You are doing the work.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: The work is broad, but he is able to accomplish it through us. This work is extensive and too big for any one man, but can be accomplished through a collective unified people.
1: Yeah, come on.
0: The battle we face has its complexities, but do remember this morning that we serve Jehovah Saba, which I'll say this a few times. That means the Lord, our warrior. Listen, Psalms 20 verse 7 Says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord, our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm.
1: Come on. Psalm 100 verse 1 and 5 says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Do you know that that includes you? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his holy name. Amen. For the Lord is good, and his love endures how long? Forever. Forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. Did you see that? It said, shout. Worship, know, and enter. Shout, worship, know, and enter. That's called a progressive pulling you out of a place that you don't wanna be into a place that you must be. A place of enter in his presence, enter in his praise, enter in the house of God. Come on, there's a song of Moses.
0: According to Exodus 15, it sounds a little bit like this. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Amen. He is my God, and I will praise him. Yeah. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord is what? A warrior. a warrior. The Lord is his
1: name. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says, look, God is my deliverer. Is that true for you? Yes. Yes. He might be your savior, but has he delivered you from the things that are binding you? Yes. For look, God is my deliverer. Come on. I will trust in him and I will not fear. For the Lord gives me strength and protects me. He has become my deliverer. Joyfully, somebody say joyfully. Joyfully. Joyfully, you will draw waters from the springs of deliverance. Wow. wow. Church, you've heard it said before. Praise pulls
0: you out. Say that with me. Praise pulls, pulls me you out. out. It will always pull you out of your current condition, out of the confusion that the heat of battle may bring and be used as a weapon against the enemy's schemes. Praise confuses the enemy and leaves him hanging on his own rope. This is the benefit of serving such a praiseworthy king. Mm. You should have much praise to give. The Lord, our warrior, ensures victory. And we must remember to give him praise. Yeah. Listen, church, today, our title of the message that we'll be preaching to you is called The Heat of the Battle. Praise is a weapon. Come on, do you understand what I'm talking about when I say heat of battle? Yeah. yeah. Whenever you are fighting and you are in the trenches, similar to the fog of war, it is almost to a point where... Guns are blazing. There's so many men running around. There's grenades running (laughs) off. And there's so many things. There's tanks here. There's people dying this way.
1: sounds pretty dramatic, doesn't it? It is. It is. Y'all know about drama, don't you? Y'all know about drama. When there is
0: so many things going on at one time, that is considered the heat of the battle. Mm -hmm. Listen, we are in the heat of the battle. There are things coming against us, and if we don't focus on the one who placed us in the battle first, we will lose sight of the mission. We're going to spend this week and potentially the next couple of weeks talking to you about this very thing. When I'm in the heat of the battle, what do I remember to do? Mm. One of these things that we're going to discuss today is how praise is a weapon. Say praise is a weapon. Praise Praise is a weapon. weapon. We must note that those who led many victories are those who walk with Yahweh mm-hmm. and as a result, give Him proper praise. Yeah, Listen, there's two different types of praise here. There's proper praise and then there's that fake praise that everybody hates, right? <laughs> you don't like faking it, do you? Yeah. Have you ever felt yourself faking praise? Yeah. Well, we're going to run into battle and have things to praise for today.
1: Yeah. Oh. Saints in the kingdom, faking it, till you make it's not a thing because we live in the light transparent right I want to tell you today that as a church and as the pastors of your church we're going to work with you that in the heat of the battle we know exactly what to do right we're not a people who are short on understanding the warfare that's going on around us we're not a people who are short on understanding all of our difficult circumstances in our plush American life But we may be a people that could work a little bit on having praise in the midst of the battle instead of praise after the battle. How many of you know that little bitty thing can be the key to all things? Good. Right. In the heat of the battle, praise is a weapon. Saints, praise is an effective weapon. And is a character that has marked many men biblically in your Bible. Any man in your Bible that has actually made a significant mark on his generation, a significant move and advancement of the kingdom in any way possible is characterized and marked by the character of praise. Praise him. Joshua in your Bible, it worked for him. It worked for Joshua and his people when they marched around the walls of Jericho in Joshua 6, did it not? Praise caused the walls to fall down right before them. In Judges 7, we see Gideon and 300 other men who who marched forward, but let praise go before them and do a work not only in them, but around them. In In John 19, we saw Yeshua himself when he said, joyfully, it is finished. How many of you ever have that perspective of King Yeshua on a cross and you're like, Uh, He must have been kind of in that kind of pathetic, morbid spirit. Lord, I have to do this. So, I mean, like, Father, thank you for allowing me to. No. The scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Not he endured the way to the cross. He endured the cross. So the word saying that he had joy on the cross. Wow. It worked for Paul and Silas when they were arrested for preaching the gospel, and their praise actually broke the bars and which imprisoned them. Yeah. Come on, saints. In Hebrew, there are seven words for praise, and the most used word for praise is Hallel. Somebody say Hallel. Hallel. Hallel is the first half of the word that you say all the time. Hallelujah! Can I get a big hallelujah? Hallelujah! hallelujah. Hallelujah is actually a compound word. It's two words, Hallel and Yah, meaning praise Yahweh or praise God. It's a universal language. Lost people speak it and don't even realize what they're saying. They're giving praise to the one who created them, although they do not serve him. And actually in Psalm 13 through 118, there is something called the great Hallel. Say great Hallel. Great the great Hallel is something that is, is sung in the community. It is sung while ascending Mount Zion to most of the feasts that are attended year in and year out. Did you know that? Could you imagine being raised in an atmosphere that taught you that praise causes you to ascend? Think about that for a minute as you were a child growing up in a community, and every time that you went to one of the biblical feasts throughout the year, meaning you were going constantly, every time that you were ascending, you were praising, and every time you were praising, you were ascending. What would that teach you? That means when you're, if you're praising, you're ascending. That means when you're grumbling, you're what? Descending. When you praise God, you are elevated. Meaning, when you're pouting before God, well, then you're devastated. Saints, it's most likely it's it's like um, it's like putting the word into practice will actually cause you to be lifted up. Do you believe that? Like living your life based on the victorious nature of King Yeshua will actually empower you. You see, we live in a land and in a place where many people are basing their praise and basing their joy on their wins, right, and on their good circumstances, and when things come, right, they're like, "Woo! finally I can praise the Lord. That's right. Well, you only praise the Lord then because you didn't praise Him when, yeah. and if you'll praise Him when, then you'll praise Him when and then, do you follow us? Yeah. Saints, it's almost like living in the kingdom culture will automatically cause your attitude to elevate and align with God's attitude good. in this place this morning. It's almost like praise will actually pull you out. Amen. The great Hillel has some key verses in every single one of them. You have that slide for me, Christopher? So the great Hillel has many, 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 many verses. Right? Many, many lyrics, if you would say. In Psalm 113, one of the key verses is from the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord will be praised. Meaning when it gets dark and when it gets bright. When it's the brightest outside and when it's the darkest of night, either way, I'm gonna praise the Lord. Amen. Psalm 114 says, "And the sea looked and it fled, and the mountains skipped like rams. And the Lord, he turned the rocks into a pool of water." The people are singing about what the Lord done for them instead of what he's gonna do for them. Are you with me this morning? In Psalm 115, it says their idols are silver and gold and the work of human hands. They have have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them idols become like them so that all who trust in them will fall. Wow. Wow. Psalm 6, 116 says, I love the Lord. Is that true for you? Yes. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and pleased for my mercy, for mercy, because he inclined his, because he inclined his ear to me before I call on him as long as I live. What a phenomenal relationship. What a phenomenal song. Psalm 117 says, praise the Lord. All nations extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures how long? Forever. forever. So then, praise the Lord. Amen. Psalm 118 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And boy, is that an understatement. Yeah. For the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation, for his steadfast love endures forever. forever. Saints, the great Hallel is a psalm of battle cries. What's your battle cry? Do we whine or do we sing in the midst of battle in the heat? The great Hallel is battle cries that focused on times of deliverance, both nationally and independently as individuals. When Jesus finished the last supper, the, the last Shabbat, uh, Seder supper, do you know in Mark 14:26 that it was the great Hallel that they were singing? I think King Yeshua understood a little something. He was about to ascend. Saints, it would be like at that time if we're getting ready for the fiercest of of battles and we knew we felt the sentence of death and we were most likely to die, but we didn't care. It would be like those times. And we would cry out in joy and we would sing unto the Lord. It would be those times where you had hopeless overwhelming odds that just seemed impossible for you. Everybody, Anybody ever been there? Where failure seemed inevitable. It would be like that time. And in those moments, we would sing a great halal instead of playing our own fiddle. Saints at the Last Supper, Jesus took the Passover meal and he effused it with a new tone. He said, oh, something's about to fundamentally change in the entire history of mankind. Yeah. It's one of those tones that we must be able to strike in this place if we're going to win. It's the tone that we must be able to set when we're about to be crucified, not after we've risen from the grave. Because the salvation that our king promised was not just of deliverance. Amen? Amen. It wasn't just of deliverance from physical danger or human bondage, but salvation and deliverance from spiritual bondage and deliverance. Of the penalty of sin. Amen. Have you been liberated from the penalty of sin? Yes. yes. Then you got a reason to praise. Saints Romans eight thirty one, As Pastor Devin alluded to a minute ago. Says if God is for us. Who can be against us? Where do you think that came from? It came from Psalm one eighteen six, And the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. For what can man do to me? Isn't it phenomenal? When the word is spoken. And the spoken word. Defeat your enemies before you. Saints, the great chapter of Romans 8 starts with, There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set me free from the law of sin and death. It set me free from the law of sin. Do you believe that this morning? Then you need to start living like it. Saints, either you're going to be working for a victory of King Jesus or from a victory of Jesus. Jesus. And those who are working from victory know how to use their praise as a weapon in the heat of battle. Do you know that Micah 3.8 is one of my favorite verses that says, "As but as for me, I am filled with power. It's like looking at your enemy and saying, yeah, you think you might have crushed me. My pastor Eric used to say, yeah, you can stomp me into a, a little bit of greasy spot on the ground, but that greasy spot on the ground is saying, I'm filled with power. But as for me, I am filled with power and the spirit of the Lord and with justice and with might. Saints, everyone else can pout, but we going to praise. I said everybody else can pout, but we going to praise. Amen. Micah 7, 8 says, do not gloat over me, my enemy, for though I have fallen, yet I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord, he will be my light. Is that your attitude this morning, saints? Yeah. It should be. It's high time, no matter the conditions that you find yourself in. Praise is the only way to rise above the things that are trying to distort the victorious reality that King Yeshua has imputed to your life. Listen. Turn with us this morning to Second Chronicles chapter 20. As you turn to Second Chronicles chapter
0: 20, say praise when you get there. I tell you what, this is going to be one of the most fantastic passages of the Bible you've ever read today. And it's going to highlight the very point of this message. Praise is a weapon. That is a word. That is a song. That is many things. That could even be a bumper sticker on your car. Praise is a weapon. Have you heard that before? Many people indicate that praise in the Lord is all that you need. That is true, but it also requires something else that we're going to see in, the, in this passage. You there?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: It says, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Minuites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a very fast army is coming against you from Edom. From the other side of the Dead Sea, it is already in in India in Getty in alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord indeed they came from every town in Judah to seek him our God will you not judge them for we uh, verse 12 our God Will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Here in this passage, we see that war came to Jehoshaphat and God's people. Jehoshaphat did not go looking for war. War came to his table. How many times does that happen for you? You are just doing the will of the Lord. You are trying to be a good leader and all of a sudden you have armies raging against you. In this moment, King Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, is sitting here and he's saying, wow, my enemies are coming against me right now. He wasn't a king going to look for war. War was coming to him. Yeah. A misconception in the kingdom is that we are those looking for a fight. But the truth is, is that if we do things right, the fight will come to us. We are sons of God, and we carry resilience. We do not bend to other tactics, but are a fixed piece in this community through the through Christ, who enables us. We are the alternative choice to man's intuition. And praise will be used as a weapon in a time like this. When your enemies are going all around you, whenever things are starting to happen, and you do not know what to do, our response should be like in verse 12. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. Imagine, there's a great army of people knocking at your door. We're coming to get you. More than a review... More than silly comments, not just threats, an actual army coming to kill all of you. What would you do? We're going to see what King Jehoshaphat does later here in this passage. Listen, war is inevitable for every son and daughter of God, by the way. But what weapons are you using to fight in this war? This is the key this morning. A vast army is coming against you. It's never just one thing, by the way. Have you ever noticed that? I feel like in my life, when it rains, it pours. Does anybody have that experience? Man, my car went flat. Now we got somebody in the, this was this week. We got somebody in the hospital. Our car, all of our cars are breaking down. I get a flat tire going 85 miles an hour down the road. Freaking crazy. Okay, and then we're, anyway, the point is, has, when it rains, it pours, Right. You can tell, man, I've just been going to war this week. And that's what provoked this word, by the way. War is inevitable for every son and daughter of God. But what weapon are you fighting with? A common reaction to war at your doorstep is to bear arms, especially in Texas. Hey, and I don't have anything against that in particular. But here, we see a perfect example of the first step towards making peace. And that was to fix our eyes back on Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior. Mm -hmm. Jehoshaphat was alarmed. It's not wrong to be alarmed. We were actually called to sound the alarm in this generation. Mm -hmm. We sound the alarm, gather together and find out our answers with our eyes set back on the Lord. Mm -hmm. Jehoshaphat turned to the Lord and he called a fast for all the people, a time of consecration. This caused all the people to be unified and seek the Lord together. And this is our first step towards corporate
1: unified praise. Second Chronicles 20 verse 13. And all the men of Judah with their wives and with their children and with their little ones stood there before the Lord. You'll know when you meet a real people of God, because it won't just be that It'll be their entire families. It'll be everybody they know. And if it's not. They're trying to reel them all in. It's time to go to war. It's the heat of battle. It's time to praise together. Come on. Real families pray together and they praise together. Amen. Amen. All the men of Judah with their wives, with their children, with their little ones stood there before the Lord. (laughs) Come on, saints. We've been working really hard to unify every single person, to unify every married in this place, to unify every soon-to-be married, young married, every parent. Can't get an amen from the parents. Right? And every soon-to-be parent to be able to come together, as we're seeing here in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 13, 20, verse 13, to be able to become one weapon in this community. All the men of Judah, it says, stood together. Somebody say stand. stand. All the men of Judah stood. This word stood is not just like just being present and just standing in this place like I'm here, right? It means to make a stand. Every one of them came together, and they were unified in making a stand. That's different than being present and part of a local body. That means that you have now made your choice to make the stand that the entire body's making in the community. And our stand in this particular place is to magnify the victorious nature of King Yeshua. And you know how we do that? Right? Do this with me. Smile. Man, that's been too long for some of you. Right? That's how we growl at the devil. Right? We're showing the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if we got no joy, we got no strength. But when we have the joy of the Lord, we have strength. Because no matter what's coming against us, we know in the end we win. Amen? That word there is to make a stand. Is that you this morning? Are you making a stand? Be honest. Right? You could be in a a better place with better resources with prettier pastors. Although our shepherdess around here, I mean, I ain't going to say it. Y'all just know. You could be in a better place with better resources, but you've chosen to be in a place of humble beginnings. Because you know that you've made your choice to make your stand with the people who are making a stand instead of just assimilating to the culture of muddy Christianity. Saints, in this place, we're not going to settle and every one of you, both young and old, single and married, learn to stand and to make a stand for the victorious nature of King Jesus that he's infused in his body. Verse 14 says, And then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehazareel. Nope, Jehazel. I, look, I come from the hood, so... I'm now figuring out where everybody got their names from. <laughs> son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of, see, Jael, the son of <laughs> Mataniah, the Levite, and the descendant of Asaph. And he stood in the an assembly. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid nor discouraged because, this, because of a vast storm coming against you. For the battle is not yours, but the Lord. How many of us love to quote that one? Yep. The battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. And it, and it feeds our passivity. Right? We're like, I'm going to just sit here. I'm going to let my daddy go out and win all my wars. And I'm going to ride his coattails and say, Woo! <laughs> Victory King Jesus! Thank you, Lord! But he said, it's better if I go away. Because I could fight all these for you, or I can teach you that you can fight these like me. I love that. Saints, I love this particular passage because the prophetic word did not come through the leaders. It came through the body of leaders. It'd be like Vanessa Strada standing upright saying, thus says the Lord, your praise is a weapon. Right? And prophesies over that. Man, I just feel like the Lord is saying the remnant church, you know, our, our praise is a weapon. And we're like... Oh, it is. It is. Right. Saints, when we are an entire body unified under the banner of our praise being a weapon, the devil stands no chance. And what's happening here in this particular passage is it goes from one leader declaring something to the entire body starting to declare it as well. Verse 16 says, tomorrow, march down against them. I love this because... Now that we're getting a progressive growing of the victorious nature of God in the people of God, it triggers something. It goes from a leader standing up and saying, thus says the Lord, to the whole body saying, hey, thus says the Lord. And the leaders are like, I know I said that. And you are like, good. Now we're saying that now, now, now is the time you can march. Before you couldn't march, but now, now you can march. Tomorrow, march down against them. And they will be climbing up the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jarul. See, I told you. Right? That's some some rapper, I'm sure. (laughs) Verse 17. For you will not fight this battle. And then what did he say? Take up your positions. Stand firm and see. Number one, take up your positions. Number two, stand firm. Number number three, watch. (laughs) Watch and see the deliverance of the Lord that he will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But go out and face them tomorrow. And the Lord, he will be with you. Did you see that in that particular passage? You will not have to fight. Okay. Take up your positions. All right. Stand firm. Okay. And watch. And then go out and face them. And then the Lord will be with you if you do those things. How many of you know that when God says, I will win this war for you, you, still, you must still face the battle. Yeah. I'm going to go out, I'm going to win this one for you. But the way I'm going to win this one is you get up and trust me and go face the enemy. And when you do that, you're going to watch me work through you. And it's going to be me that won it, but it's going to be me that won it through you. Yeah. That'll cause you to praise him. Yeah. Saints in the kingdom, a good offense is a good defense. Or a good offense is your defense. There's something about standing nose to nose with the enemy, right? Well, in your Bible, when you begin to learn kingdom culture, there's something about standing nose to nose with your enemy that releases heaven's arsenal. Well, what do we like to do? We're like, well, we're snipers. We want to kind of like wait over here. We're watchmen on the wall. All we do is watch, but we never go nose to nose with our enemy. And he's saying, no, no, now's the time. Go out and face them. As Pastor Kaysen, no, you're Pastor Devin. As Pastor Devin said, there's so many pastors around here. And many coming. As Pastor Devin said, it's a misnomer that men of God sit around and wait for God to spoon feed them the victories. Is that you? Be honest. Many of you were raised in sports. that gave you a trophy and you didn't really do anything. That's not biblical culture. Right? That caused you to not actually give an effort in order to get a reward. <laughs> okay, amen. <laughs> i go back to parenting class. That's coming up. So. There's no mistaking in true sons and daughters of the living God. They'll be the only ones that are running to the front line, face to face with the enemy, shouting. Right? They're the ones that are like, I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm going to run face to face because I know God's going to come through, through me. And I'm going to stand nose to nose with the enemy. And that's what it's going to look like and be like for the Lord to win this battle for me. He's not going to be sitting back waiting for God to fight his battles. And, and cherry picking scriptures to justify it. He's going to be outrunning everyone doing the will of God while other people are praying for the will of God. Amen. Yeah. Says praise is the pressure that pulls down strongholds. Yeah. Are you feeling me this morning? Praise is the pressure that pulls down strongholds. Uh, in the kingdom, put your hands up like this, Pastor. Right? In the kingdom, right, when we step up, we don't step up like this. We step up like this. Right? It's like, put them up. Put them up. Put them up. Put them up. Put them up, up. Right? It was like, right. Are you following me? Right? We don't throw up these dogs. We throw up these. Y'all ain't feeling me. There's something about the sons and daughters of the living God that's so audacious that looks at a giant and says, this is like David, right, with Goliath. How many stones did he pick up? He picked up five stones. How many did he use? Why did he have four others? Because he had brothers, right? He knew that. It only took one, though, right? Because David knew, who is this uncircumcised Philistine coming against the whole army of the living God? And why are you petrified? One man stands up and says, oh, no, in the name of Messiah, King Yeshua, I'm going to take one stone. I'm going to take this intimidating giant down. And what did it do? It released the entire army to chase them down and to annihilate every one of them. There's something about the sons and daughters of the living God that know that King Yeshua has risen and the enemy is fleeing. That causes you to step up and praise him, even though everything looks like it's going to go to hell. Everything's falling apart. Everything's crumbling around me. Though the earth swallow me, I will praise him. Could you imagine being the sons of Korah? Could you imagine your whole family being swallowed up by the earth? But you're looking at him and saying, that might have been my mom and daddy, but that's not me. I'm going to praise him. I'm not going to give in to a spirit of pity. I'm going to praise him because it's going to pull me out.
0: Amen. When we talk about winning, according to verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see. Let me make it really clear to you. One way to find victory or deliverance in a situation is actually facing your fears. Not just in your head, not just the Lord, I'm not afraid of this anymore, but actually you are because you never go and confront it. These men had the audacity, through the zeal of the Lord, through the praise of their God, to stand in front of the battle after receiving a pretty obscure word. You are going to battle, but you're not going to have to lift a finger. Okay. I don't know how I would receive that word. I prefer, some direction. I prefer a little direction, right? Listen, these men had the audacity to stand at the front lines and look at their enemy and trust that God would deliver them. In the same way, us as a church, we have to point out the fears, our enemies and everything, and have the audacity to stand in front of it and say, my God will deliver me. Yes. You know, the first things that you're afraid of are the first things you need to go and confront. Yes. I've been learning this in my life. If it's scaring me, it's my first priority. Yep. That's the only way to find deliverance. That's the only way to receive proper praise. Yes. Among churches, do it all the time. Hey, who's got a praise report? Takes about twelve seconds, and then somebody's like, "Yeah, I got one." <laughs> That's not a life of living in faith, in deliverance, and the Lord. Yeah. If you were actually facing your fears on the daily, you would have a proper praise to give Him. Amen. Listen, let's go to verse eighteen. It says, "Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground." Hmm. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Amen. Where was this happening? Yeah, at the this, Then some Levites from the Kohathites, Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Say, hey, very loud voice. Very loud. See, this is why we're very loud. <laughs> Verse 20 Early in the morning, they left from the desert. Of (laughs) Tikal. Definitely Tikal. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah, and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him. For the splendor of His holiness, as they went out at the head of the army, Mm -hmm. saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for His love endures forever. Listen, this is Psalm 118, the great Hallel. It says it 26 times. His love endures forever. And this is real men going to the battlefield, shouting songs of victory before the Lord. His love endures forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He will. We will triumph. In our God. Come on, church. When we run to the battle line, we must call to mind that not only do we serve the Lord of hosts, but he is the Alpha and the Omega. What if before ever setting out to the fields for battle, we first set our eyes on him, laid ourselves prostrate before the Lord to receive the strength and the courage you needed to go and win the war set before you? Praise will pull you out. Praise is a weapon. If we did this, we would be able to have proper praise praise. out at the battle lines to speak out, to cry out. The enemies would hear us from miles away because we would rejoice so hard that everybody in Denton could hear it. That's the goal. This was essential for the battle ahead. And King Jehoshaphat knew it. It reminds me of Moses' response to leading a vast people. Lord, if your presence does not go with us, then we will not go at all. Jehoshaphat, he prioritized praise so much so that his mainline, frontline warriors, what were they doing? Were they holding spears? they? They might have been holding weapons, but the biggest weapon that they were using was their singing. See, many generals run to battle to prove a point. These men had already begun to swing a sword and the point hadn't even begun swinging a sword and the point had been proven. Yeah. Despite man's great effort, you'll never conquer the unseen if you swing your sword at what is seen. Yeah, that's true. Listen, Ephesians 6 verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the power of this dark world And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Are we going to war with man? No. King Jehoshaphat in this moment got it and so did his companions. And this meant they chose their strongest weapon to meet the enemy head on. The blasting voices of praise coming from set apart men. Come on, did you know that we have that weapon in this place this morning? Who's a set-apart man in this room? What is the devil described as, by the way, in the Word? The prince of the power of the air, according to Ephesians 2. The first step to hitting a kill shot on the enemy and its principalities is to clear the air. And that is done with our praise. The first step to hitting a kill shot on the enemy and his accusing voice is to clear the air with praise have you ever experienced this church you feel a level of confusion a level of haze a level of apathy in your life and the first step to getting out of it is giving a sacrifice of praise to the lord this has followed my life forever the moments you see me praising the most is when i need it the most It breaks open the way and levels a clear path to the destination Holy Spirit would desire to get to next. This was Israel's choice weapon entering into battle for a reason. Because all who want to win the war must first have clear objective. And praise gives every man clear objective. It clears the fog of war and praise, praise does it every single time. Listen, if we want a clear objective, we got to clear the air. And if we want to take down the prince of the air, we have to sound out our praise. It is so important that even when we have nothing to praise, the sacrifice of praise is given. Because it's the first step towards saying clear objective. This is a part of the pattern in worship, by the way. You could probably familiarize with it by now being at church. What do we start with in worship? Praise. Why? Because praise breaks open the way. It is getting your flesh down and causing your spirit man to rise up and saying, Lord, I'm here for you. Who needs some praise in their life? (laughs) Listen, church, praise is a weapon every single time. When we get this church, we are going to be unstoppable. In the heat of battle, despite where you're at in it, everybody's in a war in the heat. Is on us. Every son of God faces the choice. Do I praise him or do I pity my current circumstances? No, literally. How much pity have you left in your life that you need to replace with praise? Mm -hmm. Not just your hallelujah whenever you don't even know what hallelujah means. Not with praise him and then going off and not doing anything about the the little joy that comes in you as you praise the Lord. No, he changes our circumstances for us to go and walk in the circumstances that he changed. This is a part of the praise clearing the air. Living in the light of your circumstances will crush you every time. But living in the light of the cross will cause your spirit man to praise him. Somebody say praise him.
1: Praise Praise him. him. Katie Avery, you're in your first trimester still, right? yeah, your body's probably not, you know, where you would desire to be as far as the nausea, you know, realm and things like that's gone, right? It's a perfect place to praise him, right? Right? This is what we're talking about. I'm looking at each one of you, and I'm getting you right. There's a lot of theologians in here, love, people who love the word. We love to go really deep, really quick, right? And some of you are like, okay, yeah, they're talking about praise. Well, there's a reason for that. We know that you are those who outrun some of the simplicities in the word. You need to go back to the simplicity of the tools put in your hand so that it might give you a victory in the moment instead of thinking you've grown out of those things, yeah. right? Your pastors are talking to you this morning about things that we're repping the basics on, yeah. right? I, I got the opportunity to be in a, uh, in a surgery in a, uh, in a hospital this week. That was a perfect time to praise him. <laughs> yes. Why, well, thank you, Lord, and answer. Praise the Lord. You don't know what's happening when you praise him. You don't know what's happening in the spirit realm when you praise him. Do you understand that in those moments you have been given weapons and it's your choice whether you're going to pity yourself or praise him in the moment? And it might change the entire trajectory of your whole month. Look at verse 22. As they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against men of Ammon and of Moab and Mount Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Do you understand what's happening here right now? Think about this. As they begin to sing, say that, as they begin to sing. You don't even know what's going on in the spirit realm when you praise him. That's changing everything in the natural realm. What's happening here? The Lord is fighting their battle. They're marching, right? Step by step, marching, boom, boom. I'm gonna face, I'm gonna get nose to nose with the enemy. I'm about to, I don't know how the Lord's gonna do it. He said he's gonna win it, right? I'm about to face to face. I am confronting the things that's holding me down. I am confronting the things that's enslaving me. I am confronting those things that's trying to take my inheritance. I am going to confront them. And by the time you step up to confront them, you're done. You're done. Yeah. That's what happens when you praise. Yeah. In the middle of something like, this is not going wrong, this is not going right, this is not going right, this is not going right. <laughs> I'm going to have to praise him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to praise him. And that praise puts pressure on the sp- in the spirit realm that causes your enemies to crumble so that by the time you get there, Something's already happened for you. Amen. I wonder what happened. I wonder how many of you who have strongholds are waiting, or that the strongholds are just waiting to fall for when you weaponize your praise. Many of you still have strongholds that are still standing because you haven't weaponized your praise. You just admired it. Or it's something that you do on a Sunday morning instead of every day. Married couples, have you ever been in that place where you're in a fight and then you pray with each other and all of a sudden it's a bit disarming? Yeah. You ever been there? Yes. like, you're in a fight and I'm like, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to just pray together real quick. It disarms the situation and you're like, wow. What do you think you do when you praise? It's disarming the enemy. Yeah. That's right. Your praise disarms the enemy. Your praise in the natural disarms your enemy in the spirit realm. So when we get here and we practice and your your pastors are always calling you out and you're like at some point you got to break the posture of a prisoner. I get it. You walk into a a little humble place and it's and it's a bit confrontational because it's kind of in your face. It's intimate. You're not really sure what to do. So you kind of just stand in this. You're like you're with us. You're praising like, man, these people dancing around, you know, got some joy of the Lord up in here. And I want that, too. Right. But it's something's holding you back. It might be that posture of a prisoner standing in, right? Literally like a posture of a prisoner. We stand like here. we're reverent before the Lord. Uh, King Jesus came to set you free. So a son of God doesn't look like a prisoner. A son of God looks like this. He's full of praise, amen? Amen. Amen. Once they begin to sing, once they begin to, it doesn't say once they begin to pray. It doesn't say once they begin to go search the word. <laughs> it says once they can begin to praise. Amen. What is happening there? The Lord said, so they're marching, and they could give in to what their eyes see. Like the Lord said it, but that does not look like what He said. And so, what do they do in the middle? Oh, I guess I'm going to praise Him. Why? Because your alternative in your flesh is not praise. It's fighting, is it? No. Amen. Judges chapter 1, verse 1, says it like this. When we get this, we're going to get some praise breaks in the house of God. I believe that. We're we're getting there. It's like a a rattling of the bones, though. Right? It's not sinew upon sinew, flesh upon flesh, right? Spirit breathing on the body yet, right? We're getting there, though. We're rattling. We're getting it. A few of you got it, right? Let's see, you know it's okay to get an amen in the house of God. You know it's okay to shout in the house of God. You know it's okay to have a little fun and a little peace, love, and joy in the Holy Ghost in the house of God? You know what's even better than that? To have it in your life. Judges chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Who of us is going to go first and fight against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah's going to go first. Judah shall go up, and I, I have given the land into their hands. And the men of Judah then said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, come up with us into the territory allotted for us to fight against the Canaanites. We will in turn go with you into yours, says so the Simeonites went with them. When Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. It was there that they found Adonai Bezek and, and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they caused him. I'm sorry, they chased him and they caught him and they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Then Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, have, have I picked up, I have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Verse 8 And the men have attacked. And Jerusalem also took it, and they put that city to the sword, and they set it on fire. Saints, that's so going to be what we do in this city. That's right. We're going to go forth in our praise. We're going to attack. We're going to attack. We're going to attack with our praise. Attack with our praise. Attack with our praise until this entire city is set on fire for the living God. Saints, in your Bible, Judah means praise. And when praise goes first, the sons of God are the last ones to stand. In Judges 1, in the generation, just like yours, when men did what was right in their own eyes, when men fought by cornal means, those who weaponized their praise were the ones who won the war. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does, although we do wage war. The weapons we do fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Did you know you had stronghold demolishing power? Yes. Yeah. It's found when you weaponize your praise. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Somebody say every thought. Every thought thought to make make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience in and of ourselves once obedience is complete in us. Saints praise is the pressure that pulls down strongholds. Let's
0: go back to 2nd Chronicles 20 verse 23. It says the Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Shear to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Shear, they helped to destroy one another.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Come on. Praise you're going to know this song. Might be the only thing that will set me free. Yeah. Praise takes confusion and puts it on the enemy. Yeah. Chris Burns got that one right. He did. The enemy is now killing one another. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Your praise throwing the enemy into confusion, where now they are literally a house divided, cannot stand. We see, I. As Pastor Michael was uh, reading Judges 1, praise going first, uh, it really reminded me like, no, this is like a part of the strategy that he would use for this church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If our praise goes first, then the enemies will begin to fall. Yeah. Mark this today. Praise must go first. Praise is our weapon yeah. in the heat of war. Yeah.
1: Judges 1 is where we wrote the song Sons of Judah Rise, which we sung a portion of it today, right? Sons of Judah rise, right? Sons of Judah rise and go first, right, in our praise. And it takes down the enemy. We attack until we set a, a city on fire, right? Why? Because we have, a, we have a king that we serve that wears a crown that cannot be taken, sits on a throne that will not be shaken, right? This is the revelation given to us that must be infused in every attitude, in every single moment of faith, in every single saint in this place. Right. When we get a Holy Ghost attitude in this place that says, I will win because he has won. Yeah. I am winning because he has won. Yeah. Yeah. I will win because in the end he wins. Yeah. And if I am in Christ, I am. He is my refuge. Yeah. And so we start to look at every single impossibility. Right. And we start and a, and a, a death defying faith starts to rise in a people of God a faith that overrides our cornal natures, a faith that defies our cornal natures and causes us to look at things and say, I'm not really sure how that got done. And God says, I know how it got done. You released me. Verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast... Could you imagine... You're marching, you're in a vast desert. Everybody in a desert? Anybody got a wilderness time in their life? You're like, ain't nothing going on out here. Ain't nothing happening. Like things are supposed to be happening in my life, but I find myself in a desert. It's dry, it's not fertile. It's like, and then you peek peek out and all of a sudden, now that you're in the desert, add to that, a vast army's coming against you. That's not getting better, that's getting worse. And they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. How'd you like that? You're in a, you're in a desert, you're like, I'm believing the Lord. Praise him. I'm the Lord. Pastor said praise him, so I'm going to praise him. Right? You overlook the valley, you're like, it's going to be a vast stormy. I know, I saw them before. And you're like, what the? They're dead. Every single one of them. How would you feel in that moment? How would you feel in that moment if you showed up to the fight and that battle had been won for you? You see, King Jesus knows that you need some wins on your belt. And so he gave you one. Yeah. Friends, there's more that happens for you the hotter your praise gets. You got to realize that. That's why we're, we're, not, we're not cheerleaders, Right? But we do give you charges. We come together on a Sunday morning like a huddle and say to talk to you about what happened between the meetings. Meaning this is not the event. Those things are the event. And we get to come together and say, man, tell me what the Lord did. Show me what he's done. Give me a report. Right? Because it caused my praise to be hotter. And all of a sudden, right, if I, can, if I can praise in a more authentic way, right, then something starts to happen in the spirit realm that I'm not even seeing. As I'm praising, he's taking down my enemy. Wow. That means our praise can no longer be a manifestation of our unbelief. Are you with me? Because that's usually what we do on a Sunday morning. That's right. On a Sunday morning, we come, praise the Lord. Woo! Mm. Pastor, you see how I praise? I must be doing good. I was like, yeah, you're doing real good at creating that facade. Woo! I'm like... Lord, I love you. I love you. I'm trying to convince you I love you. I'm trying to convince me I love you. Like, you can do that all day long. That's not going to work. Our praise has to stop being a manifestation of our doubt, and it starts by weaponizing it. Every praise pulls down the enemy. Hebrews chapter one, verse 13 gives us incredible insight to what's happening here with Jehoshaphat and the people of God. And is also happening right here, right now. It says in chapter one, verse 13, to which of the angels did you ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? In one passage, the scripture says he's putting every enemy under his foot. And another passage says he's putting every enemy under your feet because you're the hand and the feet of King Jesus. Amen. Watch this one in verse 14. Are not the angels ministering spirits to serve those who inherit salvation? When's the last time did you dispatched a legion of angels on your behalf? I'm going to tell you when the last time you gave a proper praise. When you give a proper praise, you're dispatching heavenly hosts to go and fight things for you. Your anxieties and your worries and, and your petitions you call prayers will all of a sudden change when you realize that when I send up a praise, I'm dispatching heavenly hosts to go and do a thing I could not possibly do. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, those relatives that are just well, they're just like I was. I was hard headed as a donkey. I can't get through to them, but I'm gonna have to send a legion of angels for them. Lord, dispatch your angels on this land in Texas, because there's people who don't know that we exist and they need what we have. We've been liberated, set free, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized, encouraged by one another, given a family, no longer lonely and nomadic in spirit. But we found a place that we could get rooted and and grow up in our faith. And everything Everything coronal is coming against us. We can't even put a sign at the road in order to let them know we exist because the city says no. But you know what? We're going to have to send and dispatch the angels on our behalf to go and get the lost and bring them to a place where they might be found. When's the last time we prayed like that? When's the last time that you knew that your praise was doing that for you? How many of you know that when you praise, it dispatches the heavenly host? In the heat of the battle, we have to praise him because it pulls down strongholds. And strongholds need to be pulled down. Amen?
0: Amen. Verse 25. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value. More than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. Man, they keep praising. <laughs> this is why it is called the valley of Baraka to this day. Yeah. Listen, Barak is the root word of Barakah, means worship or praise. Think about it this way. What if you are bold enough? Well, let's say this Say, what if your bold declaration of praise changed the entire community around you so much so that his spirit moved in such power that was once was marked as a valley became a landmark of praise yeah come on this is like living on holland lane what if it there was so much redemption happening on this property that it had to be redemption lane
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. these men go and they're praising god and god is fighting their battles and these enemies are getting slaughtered, and now to this day it's the Valley of Barakah, yeah, the come Valley on. of Praise. Come on. I want that to be us. Yeah. I want that to happen here in Denton. Joy. but
1: it—we
0: it, it, have to show up for, for battle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we do. yeah. Verse twenty-seven. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. <laughs> There's an all-out war on your joy. I'm going to tell you right now. And we're trying to put a tool in your hand to pull it out. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. Somebody need some of those? A little bit of cause to rejoice? Sometimes you need a little bit of pep me up? Yes, no, maybe so? Saints, the best recipe for joy is the spoils of war. Come on. The best recipe for joy is the spoils of war. Let me ask you something this morning. Has Yeshua given you cause to rejoice over your enemies? Yes. Have you forgotten that King Yeshua has already given you the spoils of war? He has already given you cause to be joyful. And it takes a little bit of joy to actually give him a proper praise. 1 Corinthians 15, if you need to be reminded where, oh, death is your victory. Where O oh death is your victory? Where O oh death is your sting? Yeah. Do you understand that every sin that you actually produce deserves death? Are you alive today? Yes. Then you don't get what you deserve. You got what he deserved. Yeah. That's called an opportunity and a cause for praise. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, He gives us victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Saints, we have got to learn to be a people who speaks to things that are not as though they are. That's who our God is, amen? Amen. And you are trying to be like God, am I right? No, wrong, you are like God. That's what the scripture says. So you don't have to try, you just have to be, and when you are... All of a sudden, you will start to call things that are not as though they are, and you'll be like, you ever do that sometimes? I do, and I'm like, I get this check inside of me. I don't know. That's, I should be humble. should be on a humble Christian. I can't, call, I can't call out things that are not as though they are. I can't look at that and say, get up. But, but King Jesus commanded us to be that way. Man, that's, a, that, that's an audacious type of life. And you got to live that way, saints. you got to be able to look at the dry bones and say, live. Yes. you got to speak to the dry bones and say, live. Yes. you got to say, though I have fallen, yet I will rise. Yes. Why can I say that? Why am I confident enough to say that? Because he's my king. Yes. Because he's my Lord, he's my savior, and he's my deliverer. And he's not those things. That's not what he used to be. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever.
0: Amen. Listen, all the men of Judah returned to Jerusalem full of joy. Yeah. And the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. Yeah. Well, this is like coming to church on Sunday morning and having something to praise him for. Yeah. These men's praise did not fall short because they just watched a great deliverance. Yeah. See, church, a lot of times we don't have a proper praise to give because we don't prioritize God being our deliverer. Yeah, right. We spend our entire week living on our agenda, on our calendar, on our schedule, and we never go out to the battlefield. Yeah. So how do you expect to show up somewhere like here on a Sunday with praise? Mm-hmm. We have to be men who run to the battle lines. Come on, listen, verse 28. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. Mm -hmm. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for God had given him rest on every side. Have you ever considered that your praise in this place here on Sunday morning is, uh, is didacted on what battle you had faced and won during the week? Mm-hmm. We run toward the impossibilities to gather more testimonies and praise reports to glorify the Lord with. Yeah. Why do we shy back from the battle then when the praise is the catalyst to a man's greater praise? Yeah. Remember, If you desire to give proper praise, it will always require you to run to the front lines in faith to watch Jehovah, Saba, the Lord, our warrior, partner with us into the victory. Wow. It won't happen if we do not show up. (laughs) Who's ready to give him praise? Yeah,
1: come on. Come on. We were
0: always meant to be to the world, a testimony of his deliverance and redemption. Therefore, he will give us many things to praise him for.
1: Yeah. Say so proper praise comes from a proper perspective. And if you don't understand that your praise is a weapon, then how are you ever going to use it? How are you ever going to use it? And you understand that praise is not just we're saying, hey, you need to get excited about King Jesus. Praise is worship. Praise is when you bow down and when you stand up. It's when you stand up and then you make a stand. Praise, right, is when you look at the impossibility and say, nevertheless, God. Nevertheless, God, nevertheless, God, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're going to become in this place. Amen? Amen. The last days in which we live in are literally the heat of the battle where every man must make his final choice. We just celebrated or are celebrating Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish new year in your Bible. It is the year 5784 on the biblical calendar. That's called the last days. Like, there's just a few of them left. We live in the heat of the battle. Do you understand that souls are weighing in the balance? Souls are weighing in the balance. Your faith must be attractive. And I'm not talking about attractive to the world. I'm talking about attractive to those who actually want life. Attractive to those who are sitting in darkness and need to see a great light. Attractive to those who actually want to see joy. Not some dead, dormant religion. Not some man walking around perfectly trying to adhere to some creed. But men and women who have actual, genuine, authentic joy because they've actually been delivered, they've actually been liberated, and they've actually been saved. Saved is not a thing that something happened to them when some holy man prayed a holy prayer over them at a holy altar ten years ago and told them that they were saved as though that man could deem them that. No man has the right to call you saved. That's between you and the Lord. But people, a people who have peace, love, and joy in the Holy Ghost, and it's not something that they just read, but something that they live out, a joy because, hey, I knew that I was once wretched, dead, miserable, and wanting, and something fundamentally happened to me. Something happened to me. I purchased what I could not afford. Yeah. I received what I could not work for. All of a sudden, something's happened to me. I don't understand it, but I think, well, it might have been that I encountered the living God. Yeah. Woo! woo. Yeah, Come on. For too long, the wrestlers and the Ric Flairs have stolen the Woo! We don't need these, man. That comes from the sons and daughters of the living God. They got a little reason to shout, a little reason to raise their voice, a little reason to get excited in the house of God, a real reason to dance and sing. Come on. Come on. When we get this, we might get a little praise break in the house of God. Hmm. In the last days is literally the heat of battle. And it's your final opportunity to make your choice, saints. Are you going to stand or actually sit on the sidelines with the dead, dormant religious? Are you going to stand up and make a stand for those who have actually been delivered, set free, full of the Holy Ghost? Does your praise in the midst of the battle cause the lost to pause and consider that you might just have what they need to pull them out? Will I praise him? Or will I wait till it's too late? Saints, those dressed for battle are those who are clothed in praise.
0: Amen.
1: Those dressed for battle are those who are clothed in praise. Amen. Joel chapter 3 actually speaks to this. And if you remember, the Apostle Peter spoke and said, This is that which the prophet Joel spoke about. Chapter 3, verse 1 In those days, the last days, which you live in, and at that time, which is now, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Yeah. Wow. And there, I'm going to put them on trial. What, what if, just what if, you're already on trial in the last days? in a valley of Jehoshaphat, and those who will actually praise him instead of pity themselves will be those who stand with him when he comes. Open your eyes, saints. Awake. There I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance. I, I have given them something. I gave them life. I gave them an inheritance. I gave them eternal life. And this is what they did with it. But I gave you eternal life, and this is what you did with it. For this is what they did with my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. Saints, in 2 Chronicles 20, it tells us what happened to the people who joined King Jehoshaphat in praising the Lord. But it's in the prophet Joel who tells us what happened to the people who did not. They were divided, not united. And on the day when they stand before King Yeshua, they will give account for that. Today's your chance to make your stand. Every man that does not praise him parts with him. Every man that does not praise him pulls down strongholds, and every man or does not pull down strongholds. The ones who stand with him pull down strongholds, starting with theirs. Today, saints, the fence belongs to the enemy. You need to make your choice. And you weren't called to do this alone. You were called to stand shoulder to shoulder. Will you stand with those who have weaponized their praise? Will that be you this morning? Will you stand with those who weaponize their praise? Joel 3.
0: Verse nine goes on to say, proclaim this among the nations, yeah. prepare for war, rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Be your plowshares in the swords and your pondering hooks into spears. Let the weakling say, I am strong. Come quick, all you nations from every side and assemble there. Bring down your warriors, Lord. Let the nations be roused. Let them advance in the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit. To judge all the nations on every side.
1: Wow. Verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Saints, many will go with the multitudes, but few will stand with Messiah. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Saints, this life is your chance to make your stand. Will you stand with those who look foolish to the world? Or will you live for the praises of men? For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. For the sun and the moon will be darkened and the stars no longer shine. And the Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. Saints, those who make their stand with Messiah will be those who are known for making their war cry resound like a lion. Can I get a shout in the house of God this morning? Friends, domesticated lions cannot roar. And that's not you because you've been uncaged, amen? amen? The earth and the heavens will tremble at that sound. We started with Romans 8, and it told us the entire creation's waiting for those sons and daughters of the living God to stand up and make their stand. Waiting for those to stand up and weaponize their praise. But the Lord will be their refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Saints, we are those who know that when our praises go up, his presence comes down, and the gates of hell begin to shake.
0: Who's ready to make a stand, eh? To praise the Lord. Then stand with me.
1: Saints, this is your time. It's your choice. You're either going to remain in the posture of a prisoner and receive the reward of that. You're going to stand with the dead, cold religious and the dignified and those who live with reserves, a little bit of uh, a net under them and calculated measures, or you're just going to let it go. That's right. You're going to let it go. You're going to let your life be a praise. You're going Amen. to let everything you do be a praise. You're not, going to, you're not going to be bound by the fear of men any longer. You're not going to worry what those on your left and right think. Why do you think we get together and do this on a Sunday morning? Why? Because we're practicing what we perform out there. We are getting in this place and we're saying, if I can do it here, I can win out there. Amen. No longer will I be someone hidden under a bushel. I am a son and daughter of the living God. I am no longer ashamed of the people of God or my God or his gospel. I am gonna let loose in the house of God because I'm gonna be free out there.
0: Let me read Psalm 138 over you as we close. I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted all above all things, your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. Amen. Come on. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the praise, the words of your mouth. May. They sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hands against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. forever. Do not... Abandon the work of your hands. Listen, at the end of it all, whether the army is vast or small in your life, it is Yeshua who will stand as the victorious king. That's right. Let it be that in the heat of battle, that we as his sons stand as a bold declaration of praise. That in itself will leave the enemy laying dead and devastated. Yeah. And fight that he picks against god's anointed will automatically lose every single time Praise the lord all you nations praise Praise the lord all you peoples so who wants to give the lord praise this morning yeah Come come on we're going to pray and we're going to praise to the lord this morning